This is Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 649. And the quote of the day is, you never know who's watching. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, episode 649. Thanks so much for being here. And wow, we're almost at 650, which just it always, it just blows my mind. These numbers always blow my mind. And coincidentally, Nick, uh, the guest today, and I talked about this and talked about you know the numbers, the numbers going up. And I can't remember if I said it on air or off air, but the fact that there's 650 episodes is a testament to you, the listener, but also to the to the drumming community as a whole, 650 of the greatest drummers in the world gave their time to come on this podcast and share their knowledge and to share, uh, the, you know, their expertise and to give advice and, and to be vulnerable and open up about, about particular topics. And I don't think there's any other community in the world that does that like the drumming community. So it's just amazing to me. So, you know, the fact that we're at 650 uh, or almost at 650, I should say, it just it, it blows my mind, but it speaks volumes to how great of a drumming community we have out there. And we should be taking advantage of it, not by not just with this podcast, but by supporting each other and, and sharing our work and and commenting on people's posts and all of that kind of stuff, getting involved in the community. And if you're not really entrenched in this community try to get more involved with it because it, it really is it's a great community and let's get into this conversation with nick baglio and nick's a buddy of mine who we met a couple of years ago at nam and oddly haven't seen each other since uh but great dude great drummer uh originally from long island which we we talk about a lot and we talk about our italian uh our Italian similarities, but again, great drummer, went to the University of Miami on a full scholarship. He's played with Nile Rodgers. He played on Late Night with Seth Meyers, did, just did the Modern Drummer Festival, and he's getting ready to embark on something really, really exciting and crazy, and we talk about it during this episode. So I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get into it with my man, Nikki Bags. Nick, what's up, my man? Nick, what's up, my man? Good to see you. <laughs> I, I I forget who I had somebody else on. Nick, who was it? I don't remember, but uh, they, he was like, "We're binocular," so that's that's what we. Oh, are. I was like, "That's a good dad that's joke." It's good. That's a great. That's dad a good dad joke. joke. How are you, man? It's been it's great. It's been four years since since I've seen you. Four years, and two of which seem like they didn't really exist. Right. It just time has flown. Yeah, it was Nam. It's the only Nam show I ever got to go to, which was, was it 2018. 2018. Yeah. Insane. How have you never been to Nam before? So I'd always wanted to go in whatever like tour schedule. It just never worked out. Uh, and I'd wanted to go for the longest time. And I, uh, at the time, uh, you know, Scott. Um, I was, I was with dream and, and dream was like, you should come out here. And I'd always wanted to go just to see what it was like. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so Scott Pellegrim was just like, dude, you should come. It's such a good time. Yeah. And I think we had that, like that get together, mm -hmm. um, at the booth and it was, I mean, the, for sure the most over, like overwhelming sensory overload. <laughs> yeah. 
like experience yeah. of my life. Like upon walking in there, I saw like, oh, there's five of my heroes. And then there was like some people were like, are you this person? I was like, get the fuck out of That's here. That's awesome. What? That is the most insane. Like it was the most. I, I mean, I liked it, but it was definitely, I think, after, you know, like two days of that, you're just like uh, you're toast. Yeah. It's just like exhausting. It's it's definitely a weird it's definitely a weird thing getting recognized at Nam, oh, for God. sure. And you're like, like, how how do you know? Like, first of all, it's like how do how do you know who I? Am? It's just a weird it's just a weird thing. And I mean, there's there's a lot of studies about it. Like, and not that I'm saying that I don't think either one of us were getting worshipped at Nam, but like, but humans are not, not humans are not supposed to be idolized, and it does it like as our at our psyche it it messes with you so like that's why you always see all these really really famous people go crazy because all these people are idolizing because it's actually not a natural thing so like on a on a one millionth of a sliver of that is when you walk around nam and someone's like hey are you nick from drummer's resource or whatever? and you're like it's just a weird vibe i appreciate it. it's just weird mind-blowing it's humbling as it hell. is humbling uh, as hell. It, and it was like i mean i talked to so many people and everyone is so cool uh and yeah, so, but yeah, that was a long, uh, long, long time ago, it seems. Coincidentally, um, that but, picture, there's a picture of me, you, and Scott Pellegrom. It's the only picture I have from now. <laughs> I took one, I, think I took I, one picture and it was that one. <laughs> well, I'm honored. Uh, and you still look great. Thank you. I will say. Thank you. I, yeah. the only, I mean, dude, if I had your hair though, man, I would take, I could take over the world. Yeah. Uh, man, it all turned white and this is actually a hat. <laughs> it's a hat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's a hat that I replace <laughs> every couple months so that it looks. That's a real. damn good hat. <laughs> oh well, I appreciate. It. I'll let them know they work really hard on it, man. They really do. They have to change the color like every year. It's like well, we're running out of white straw. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> well, you know, you look distinguished, my man. You look distinguished. Oh, I I really do appreciate yeah. it, and it's so good to see Likewise. you. And it's been way too long. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, man. Here. I've been wanting to get you on for a while, so I'm glad we we uh, we kind of we definitely. I'm glad that we finally got it lined up. If I could talk, I would explain how I feel. Uh, Forget about it. You, you make you're making me nervous, Nikki. Um, <laughs> there, dude, you have so many things going on. Uh, that want, some of the stuff that we were talking about off air, we're going to get into that I had no idea was going on. Uh, but you have a ton of stuff going on. You always have a ton of stuff going on. I want to rewind a little bit. Um, I, you're you're from North Carolina. You went to University of Miami. Coincidentally, I think we're around the same age. How old are you? We, we'll just put it out there. I just turned forty. Okay, so yeah. I'm I'm so forty as well. And, we're about the same age. Yeah, and I was gonna go to the University of Miami, so we would have gone to college together, which is crazy. That's great. Um, but I ended up not. I ended up not going. The reason why I wanted to go is because that was the only that and Berkeley were the only two schools in the country that offered a music performance and a music business degree. At the time, yes, they were the only two in the country. Um, mm -hmm. I went to neither, <laughs> but uh, but so talk to me about talk to me about growing up and and what made you play drums in the first place? Was it was there music in the house? Was there you know family of musicians? What, what's your story? Sure. Uh, so so I'm, I'm a New Yorker, born and raised. Um, so I'm from. A town called uh, Miller Place, which is North Shore, uh, Long Island, and uh, music was huge in the family. So my dad uh, is a professional drummer, mm -hmm. and so I started when I was, you know, I don't even remember. He, 
I've seen photos and videos when I was maybe like three years old or something. So I was in a really unique situation where, uh, you know, as an educator, I, uh, I really give every kid a chance, regardless of age, because you don't necessarily know what, you know, a three-year-old is capable of. And you meet it like a 15-year-old who has like the same ability, mm-hmm. right? And so- Have you seen that five-year-old more, that everyone has been sharing? The the kid that's a- Which one, dude? He's right? a producer like and he's like, he's recording bass and guitar and drums and sounds. And Questlove just shared it the other day and he does the vocals and everything. And he's like, oh, Jesus. I got to quantize this and do this. And he's five. It's Perfect. amazing. Let me, for, for the record, I was not this kid. Okay. Uh, no, but I have to check that out. But, uh, yeah, it was one of those unique situations where my dad sort of got me into it. We had drums in the basement and then, um, and my mom's an artist. And so like the arts were huge in the family and my dad, we moved, uh, to a bigger house and we, my dad actually had like one of the biggest recording studios, um, on the Island at the time. So like, It was amazing, Uh, you know, as a kid or at that point, maybe like I was like 10 to 15, I would just get to sit in on sessions. So people would come uh, and record their bands and I would just basically be in the corner and just say, you know, ignore, that's my son. You can say whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do, just pretend he's not here. And I would get to watch like these badasses come through and ultimately get lessons from some of Mm -hmm. them. um, And it was a super, super cool experience um, that I was fortunate enough to have because we had the studio, which uh, went by the name of Power Tracks, which Power Tracks is, yeah, it was super heavy 90s vibe, uh, lots of teal. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but <laughs> no, it was teal. amazing. And lots of teal. And yeah, dude, like the, the wallpaper had like, like transients, like wave transients, um, like painted on. I'm hip. My parents opened a restaurant in 1989 and there was lots of teal and there was lots of pink. You know the yeah. deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm hip. Uh, I know what you're talking about. You're hip to teal. Yeah. But uh, we should, I think... So yeah, man. Side note, someone should start a, a yacht rock band called Lots of Teal. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea. Dad rock. Dad rock. Lots of teal. Lots of teal. Live. <laughs> The ultimate, the ultimate dad rock experience. Yeah, live at the at the uh, the Atlantic City Boat Show. <laughs> I was gonna say, where are these guys playing? Sign me up. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, no. So it, it 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 I was like exposed to a lot of music super early on, and I got to study with um like a lot of great great teachers on the island because of that. Um, and I was connected sort of at, at the Long Island Drum Center. And so I would, I saw my first couple clinics there, which was, you know, I'll never forget. I saw DC who, uh, I saw Dennis there. It was probably Dennis, Simon and Dave Weckl are the first three that I went to see. And I met Dom. Wow. And it was like, holy shit. Like. There's a pretty there's heavy like a drum moment. scene up there too. Huge yeah. dude. Like it, it's, everyone's so congested and, and like, this is like years ago. Mm-hmm. So now like people are just falling off the fucking side, yeah. right? It's just overly like saturated. But even then it was like, everyone had, everyone's fucking Italian, right? So it's like Rondinelli, we've got Joey Eschion. And like, Dom everyone ends in the vowel. Yeah. Right, forget Dom, Dom, yo Dom, come on over. It's Dennis over here, Dennis Ricci's all, you know, he's the guy that used to own it. And uh, everyone talks like that with that strain. Like every, it was like a, an episode of Sopranos, but like based on like linear hand foot patterns. It was just really strange. 
It's like, oh, you're doing it this way. I like that. A five note grouping is really great, Dom. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you ever and try I, that I mean, with I, a three note group? Yeah, forget about it. <laughs> three note, forget about it. Oh, that sounds great, bro. Um, it's amazing. Yes, it 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 was one of the most. You know, uh, I had a whole bunch of teachers there. Yeah. Long and short, that like really shaped uh, the way that I, you know. The, the trajectory of, of what I was going for and like goals and, yeah. and those kinds of I things. I wonder, it's such a, I mean, all kidding aside, like I wonder why in that particular area, there's like, there is a concentration of really great players and maybe it's just a, maybe it's just a product of your environment and, and there's, there's those people there to nurture it. But like, yeah, like I was, I just remember going into Long Island drum center and just looking at like who's done clinics there and all that. And, and a lot of the guys are local guys. They're not like, they're not coming in from, you know, from LA or from this place or that place. I want, I, I don't know if you know the answer to that or the history about it, but like, it just seems like there was, it's like Baltimore had its, had like its drummers and, and Philly has its bass players and that, and, but like Long Island has this group of like older Italian drummers that like really, created a lot of stuff out of there like that's where real feel pad was created and all that kind of stuff like yeah i think so, i, I mean diadario is there like the mm -hmm. whole now evans and Dita, it's all yeah i just went like i didn't realize that till not too long ago it was like uh i placed an order it was like farmingdale's like what yeah these guys yeah, are yeah. long island of course it is like anything that yeah. ends in a no basically belongs yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean sam ash is there uh that's their yep. headquarters diadario's there mm -hmm. gms drums is there uh, DMS, and right? then um, there's one other thing that's that's up there. I forget what. Um, and then yeah, and then you have like Long Island Drum Center, and it's like it's Long Island. It's not like we're not talking about like it's something the size of Texas, you know? So small. It's tiny. So so it's it's yeah. pretty amazing. It really is, and it's interesting for you as a kid. I think that. If you can, and like, how, how does anyone really control this? But if you're in these environments that are, are so nurturing where you're almost learning by osmosis. So it's not like, all right, Nick, sit down, practice this thing. Nick, sit down. You're just kind of like, oh, I see this guy's doing that thing. I'll try, I'll do that thing. Or I'll hear them, you know, mention something or, I'll, or, or this. And it just kind of seeps into your, into your body. How much of, a, of it do you think it was that versus sitting down and showing you how to do particular things uh no i think it was a lot of the former i think like there were because the competition i want to say competition right but like where when you started to get in on a, on a young level you would do like you know about like all the competitions and the all state band and the, right. and the all you know all the all county bands and you start to meet other guys and girls that are just excelling you know that are out of your your immediate like attention and i'll never forget going like doing the all-state like jazz band and, and meeting the other drummer i don't even know what this cat is up to i always wonder but this i thought i was hot shit and i went to this all-state <laughs> and i was the, the other drummer and this dude his name was marlon shout out to marlon whatever the hell your last name is this dude mate this like put me in the ground and was so humble and so sweet but would play the groove that i just played but so much better. And I was like, <laughs> why does his shit sound so much better than mine? And that's when I started studying with uh, this guy, Pete, who, who's like a guru on the island, Pete Haywood. And he just was like, oh, you need to start listening to some different shit. And it was like, listen to this. So we started getting in the straight ahead. He introduced me to 
uh, like my first fusion, you know, fusion record, like Dave Weckl heads up. He was like, he put the first track on at his house. And I was like, what on earth, what's happening? <laughs> this is so far beyond my like comprehension. What were you listening and, to at the time? So I was like a big game changer for me. Like, I think a lot of guys around our age was like, it was radio driven, right? right? So Carter, when Carter came on the scene, game over for, for me, me, you're shaking your head because you know, game over, dude. It was like, hold on. For so many reasons, you don't hear this kind of shit on the radio. Yep. Like, and he got away with, it was like, wow, man, his pocket was killing. The sounds were great. And then, of course, I went to see him a million times. That was the first person I was like, wow, this is very different from like, I was an alternative kid, man. Like, mm -hmm. I was listening to the GNR and, but my dad always had like, like the funk stuff on. We had James Brown. We had Sly. We right. had like those kinds of things on in the house. The Beatles and and, but that was the first time I was like, wow, this is just a different thing. And then I started listening to Dennis and that Steely Dan record with Dennis on it, Alive in America. And there, dude, oh, dude, I think you're. You were just talking about this recently, and I was like, shit, I want to bring that up. A man, I really think there's. I think there was like four episodes in a row where someone bro brought up this record. So like, if you haven't listened to Alive in America, it's. Just this just, is this is your final call. Yeah, just like, go listen to that. It's so good. So good. It's such a great record, man. And Dennis, like, I mean, it's Steely Dan, obviously, you know, but like Dennis plays his ass off, and like, it's anyway. Yeah, go ahead. So good. Uh, no. Uh, so what was I saying? Yeah. So that was like hearing that kind of stuff sort of changed the game, and and uh, it wasn't when I realized that I was that I wanted to go to school to do this uh i started looking early in, in miami the university of miami was one of my top three and i was also like heavily into the classical thing so i played mallets and i played piano my whole life i started playing piano when i was i did them both basically equally uh thanks to my parents um and i almost went to eastman it was between eastman um which is like the opposite of miami mm -hmm. uh way more classical based uh, and I would go to Berkeley summer programs. And that was when I started getting hip to like, you know, like I learned Big Sid and I, like I started learning straight ahead. And I was like, man, I don't, you know, I would play like high school jazz band jazz, right? right? Which, which like straight ahead stuff, but not like, you know, started listening to Max and Philly. Mm -hmm. and, and It's like and textbook like, jazz. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It's like, it's jazz like right. where you're like, okay. Like, can you play jazz? And someone's like, yeah, oh, here you go. Just like, no, 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 that's not really the thing. It You start to, once you get deeper in, you're right. like, whoa. Yeah, you're like, I, yeah, um, I can play a spangalang. So yes, I know how to play jazz. And you're like, well, that's not really, it's not really getting you there. Yeah. yeah. And I was warned so many times, like when you go down this road, it, to really do it, it's, it's obviously very time consuming and, and, and taxing, but. I think the rewards, regardless of what you end up playing stylistically, are are you know exponential, right? right? Like just the amount of concentration and focus and independence and yeah. How and how do you how would you rate yourself as a straight ahead player now? I don't, you know, I I don't really like put it. Here's a, a funny story: is I I showed up to to my first like jazz combo class my freshman year at the University of Miami. And I showed up with a 22 inch kick and like, uh, like a Zildjian, like the thickest symbol you'd ever, ever seen. Right. <laughs> it sounded like a dinner party. Right. And some five and I showed bees. Up, I was like, let's <laughs> right. Like a sleeveless shirt, looking like a muscle head. Right. And immediately like the guy, 
my professor at the time, this guy, Vince Maggio, he was like, look at this guy. Like right away, I had no chance. And then also realized that I couldn't play any of the, the stuff that I thought was appropriate at a volume that was appropriate. Right. Right. And I was like, oh, my touch is trash. And was just like decimated, essentially. Without, it's, it was like that movie Whiplash without flying projectile, <laughs> you know. He like, was like, no, nah, I mean, you, you got to fix this. And so uh, when I started, I was uh, awful. Um, but I knew that I had a long way to go. And I don't get to play it that much anymore. But, I, you know, um, I, I wouldn't. I love to play straight ahead. Right. I really do. And I don't get to play it enough. And I, I wish that there were more opportunities. But gigs in general now you know, are, are less common uh, than they were. Yeah. So, I mean, you bring up an interesting point too, where that even if you're, I mean, there's, there's, and I brought this up before and I, and I should remember who said it, but it was, it was Blakey or it was Elvin Jones or someone, I forget in an interview. And they were like, what are you really like working on right now? And he was like, and this is like well into his career. And he's like, man, I'm just trying to get my ride symbol to sound right. You know? Right. So like, I, so if you're, so it is, jazz is that a thing i mean drumming is but jazz specifically is like that thing that you can spend your entire life trying to get it to sound right but even if you're not planning on doing that you're not going to be a, just a straight ahead jazz drummer that that's all you do and you and you dedicate your life's work to that playing jazz definitely informs how you play everything else everything it else. gives you so much more versatility it gives you so much more feel your pocket feels better perspective perspective like you can understand i mean that's why that's why jeff Picaro, steve gad dennis chambers that's why all that stuff sounds so good because they swing and they can mm -hmm. and they can push that swing as far as they want or they can pull it back and they can float somewhere in the middle and i think that's the important that because i hear it a lot where people are like well i don't want to I'm not really into jazz and I don't want to, I'm not going to be a jazz drummer. So I don't play jazz. I'm like, look, if you hate jazz, I don't think you should go work on it. Like if you absolutely despise it, maybe you shouldn't, but like, if not, then you should at least play some jazz. It, I, I agree 100%. I also think, and what, this is what I tell people that I work with, whether they're, you know, adults or, or kids, it's like, look, it, you don't necessarily have to love the music uh, necessarily, but there are so many things that w learning this music informs your body of and your touch that will entirely change the way that you play everything else. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. Yep. And so you can tell the difference. I stand by this. You can tell the difference between somebody that's listened to that stuff. And like, you know, like I don't, I don't really even post a lot of that stuff like, or, or, or like even record a lot of it these days. Um, and and I, I I wish that I could, but that stuff really you can tell the difference between someone that I think that has studied, like I had to transcribe like Max solos and 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 that stuff really it kicks your ass and you really get try and get inside the head of somebody like that those masters, and you know your ability you just said it like your ability to swing, I think so much of especially Western music is all you know what I call like e like even based and if you don't have the ability or understand like a swinging the basics of like a swinging triplet mm -hmm. you don't have the ability to sort of like like you said like add a little bit more swing pull some back swing one limb keep one straight in order to like execute a feel that you need properly yeah yep you know so much of that stuff is like straight here swing a little bit here 
you're late. It's the same thing in understanding time against the click. The first thing you have to get, especially someone to understand, is like, are you the self-diagnosis? Like, are you playing in time? Are you rushing or are you dragging? How many times are people like, oh, I'm dragging? I'm like, no, dude. Yeah. And you're like, how are you going to autocorrect the wrong way, my man? Yeah. Like, that's, that's the hardest part is like knowing where you're going. I'd argue that most people rush. Almost all. Yeah. Yes. Especially fill, go, you know, like fills into like into the ride symbol or something like that. Uh, because they get excited and they're like, here we go. We're go like, we're holding their breath. Yep. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's an interesting point that you make that you, that one Western music is, is what, how did you say it? You said it's, it's time. It's, it's, it's even time. Oh, that it's, it's more, yeah, it's more based on like meaning that it's more based on like straight eighth, 16, right. like rather than like a swung, like you would argue that like a lot of the hip hop stuff has that sort of like, you know, mm -hmm. that like sex toplet, but you know, like that, that drag to yeah. it, um, where, but it's not dragging, but it, but it lays back, yeah. like just like understanding, like, uh, I just think it's, it's more ubiquitous than, than like the triplet based music, po popularly speaking, yeah. like radio stuff, yep. you know? Yeah. It's, it's interesting, like, and a lot of that stuff, I mean, now pop is like everything snapped to the grid, so it's a little different, but even, even pop music before, it felt like it was straight 16th or straight eighth or something like that, but it had like this little lilt to it, right? It just had like mm -hmm. this little thing that, and I always think about Jeff Picaro watching, you know, that the infamous video that he had, you know, the instructional video where like, he just had this ability to weave this like this counter pulse that was going or like this underlying pulse that was going on within the groove that not just the Rosanna shuffle, like that's been talked about to death, but just everything that he mm -hmm. played was sort of like, here's the groove and here's this sort of underlying sub groove that I'm playing that's weaving its way through that. And that is swinging while he's playing this straight stuff. And it's like that you get that by listening to other styles of you don't hear that by listening and no offense but like you don't get that by listening to ariana grande right right and that's the and i think we're saying the same thing here is like that's the important of of learning all of these different styles but particularly jazz agreed yeah there, there's it's anyone who is can consider it you know uh and you're not you're on the fence just i think a lot of it too is having the right like getting the right information yeah so many times, like if you have a bad teacher that's pushing it the wrong way, then it'll turn you off like anything. Mm -hmm. I, you know, it's funny that I, yeah, I, I, you have to, you have to enjoy the music, but what I've really started to real, and people are going to like, I can't wait. My DMs are going to be blowing up right after uh -oh, I say this, uh -oh. but <laughs> I realized that I don't really like, uh, I don't really like jazz that is, that has a lot of saxophone in it. Oh, like. There it is. Just real, like I was, like I noticed, like I'm skipping, you know, I'm skipping more and more and more, and then like I can listen to Coltrane, but like a lot of times I'm like sax, I'm like nope, 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 and I don't, and then I realize I'm like, oh, I'm like a, I'm a piano trio kind of guy. Like if I mean, if there's right. some horns or something like that, and I think that if you if you can figure that out earlier, not when you're 40, um, you know, maybe it's easier for you to listen to jazz i probably would have been a, been a jet, better jazz player if i just tried to play along along with piano jazz records all the time you just listen to mccoy tyner yeah. right you're just like oh okay like well but that's of course like and to, to each his or her own mm -hmm. like 
what you like is what you like and agreed if you just start listening to like bob berg records or like you know brecker and your tenor's not your thing then you're just going to hate that shit but i like for instance like one record that that like a more modern record back then like kenny garrett like that that songbook uh record like sort of changed my whole listen and, you know and that's tane and kenny yeah. and and like that whole record was like jesus like i I mean, all I did in college was like eat, breathe. I'd walk around listening to everything I possibly could always right. just to try and like try and cop that because I was so far behind with that stuff. Uh, and I'm so thankful that um, that that I mean, that education was just like people pointing like, do this, do yeah. this, do this. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And you you need those people in your lives, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it should feel it's hard work, but it, but it shouldn't feel like a chore. And if it feels like a chore, then maybe you should reevaluate the stuff that you're listening to or, or, or who you're, you know, who you're trying to cop copy when you're, you know, when you're playing, but like, it shouldn't be easy, but it shouldn't be like just dreadful. And you're like, man, I don't like if honestly, like if I was practicing, like if I was plas- practicing blast beats, uh, I I would never I I, I wouldn't want to do I just because I don't listen to that music I I don't I'm, I don't want to play that style of music nothing it doesn't resonate it doesn't right? resonate there's nothing against it like I don't I don't really you know I don't I'm not a big country guy like modern country guy either so like that's yeah. cool you know and country and, and modern I mean modern country is pop, it's pop right yeah. it, it's all it, it's not that there's been like a hard right that has happened in that industry. Where it's like, well, it's like it's now crossed into you're listening to pop music with it, like with an accent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or Between rock the music. Tracks I mean, it's like they're like rock and roll is dead. Yeah. I'm like, no, it's not. It's called country. <laughs> it just Hey-o. it just changes its name. I mean, pretty much. And and, uh, and that's the reason, too, that I always like and I still do this, man, like as a and as a kid, it's like, you know, how like the, the trends sort of circle back around. Right. Mm-hmm. Musically, it's like in the 80s, all that shit was like all those drum machines, yeah. like even if it was the print stuff, like, so it was all grid. And so when you play that stuff and now you notice this, like this EDM scene that's, that's back around where it's including like all those, like, like those, yeah. those fat samples from the eighties, maybe on steroids, right. Cause the technology has come quite a bit. Uh, but, but it's that same thing. We're like, Oh, it feels good. Yeah. And there was like it did that in the 80s and then the 90s was like you know at least for me then it was like the rock thing mm-hmm. right where it, there was a bit where it didn't and then like it starts to come back around the electronic part of it yeah and as a drummer too especially now i think it's so important to be able to not to go on a tangent but just to be able to to integrate yourself with those things without uh you know uh disrupting its intended uh sound you know what i mean right. like the intent of the music so like fitting in with the drum machine and playing with the click all those things are even more necessary i think now than ever mm-hmm. yep uh i one note that i want to make about the the modern country stuff that don't get it confused all those cats who are playing on all those modern country gigs can probably play circles around most cats out there like you look at oh, like yeah. rich redmond john riley ben caesar like all of those guys are like you could rich can play straight ahead john riley can play so all these guys can play all that stuff they want the university of north texas like these are we're not talking about guys that are just 
you know, back there on some. You mean Jim Riley? What did I say, John? Riley? You mean I said John Riley? John, I was like John Riley. Hold on, I was about to say. Hold yeah, on. John Riley doesn't play jazz anymore. He's a two, a one, two, three, <laughs> and he starts playing some country. You're like, oh damn, Jim Riley. Sorry, Jim. I'm sorry, buddy. I I meant Jim Riley. Uh, oh, I'm just picturing John Riley like behind Kenny Chesney or some. Yeah, shit. he could probably he uh, could probably do it. I'm sure he <laughs> he's John Riley. Point, he's right? like I'll he he's like I'll figure it out. He'll still kill it. Yeah. Okay, yeah, he'd be like, uh, "This yeah. has got to swing a little bit more, but we can make it work." Um, but right. all, you know, all of those, all of those guys are badasses. Yeah, yeah, and I think I, I think as a, I think as a younger drummer when I was coming up, and I would see guys on like pop gigs or or you know, like if they were in a pop band or something like that. A lot of times, I'd be like, uh, "These guys are just like bubblegum candy musicians." And now, over the years, that I've gotten to know a lot of these guys. I'm like, oh, these, you know, these guys are the, you know, they're the real deal. They're there for a reason. Mm-hmm. They're not just like they couldn't hack it in some other band and now they're just playing some bubblegum pop thing. It's like they're there because they know all styles of music. They're professional. They play their ass off. You know, all they read well, write well, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, agreed. Sorry. Oh, we got we got some hi hat noise. Sorry, yeah, I've got a, a strange setup today. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna go to the drum solo portion of the. Uh... Right, right, yeah. This will be a, this is gonna be a playing interview. Yeah. So, uh... Uh, we did talk about off air whether you should play a bossa the whole time while we're doing the, the interview, whole time. which I thought was would have been great. Can I still articulate my thoughts while playing a bossa? Yeah. How good is your independence? Yeah, it would have really set the tone too. Just have like this nice little. I mean, it kind of fit in with like you know, fit in with my. You went to University of Miami. You know, got that vibe happening. You know, right? You have to. Yeah, you just play some Latin grooves before. You know how they're like sound bites or a lot of like like a pocket. You have the thing that you've had. Like I've been listening to your podcast. Funny enough, uh, we're gonna tangent left and right. Like but it. you were talking to Dave. Um recently mm-hmm. right the last elich thing you did and you mentioned like the first one and i was like oh i remember that and you're like it was a long time ago and i was like couldn't be that long ago and you're like it was 2014 i was like damn yeah yeah wow yeah because i remember listening to that interview and i was like wow that's crazy yeah. time it was wild. a long yeah i had dave on a long time ago yeah for sure Great. um the i i wanted to, i i wanted to ask you about university of miami a little bit how one, what was your what was your decision making, uh, or why did you make the decision to go to University of Miami? And and for people out there who are thinking going to college for this, what's your what's your recommendation? Not where to yeah, go, but uh, just how to pick a school. Right, that, that's a, that's a great question. I think for me, um, like I, it it sort of came down to what I what I saw myself doing. I think at some point, and so Steve Rucker. It uh, was and still is uh, just, uh, you know, one of my mentors um, still to this day. And is like he's the the drum chair there, essentially. And he and I hit it off. Uh, Steve plays, you know, for the Bee Gees and has for a long time. And and I went down and met him and we just there was this chemistry. So I think a big part of it and the interesting part, actually, about the true story is I they like we, we started the recruitment process early. So I went there like maybe my sophomore year. And Steve was on sabbatical because he was out with the BGs, and there was another professor like stepping in, and he and I like did not get along, and like <laughs> the bad taste in my mouth, and almost didn't go because of the interaction that I had with this guy. Really? And yeah, it was bad. And then Steve was like, um, he apologized, like, please come back. Let's 
let's do this differently. And, 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 you know, the long and short of it is what I loved about Miami uh, in particular was it's a really, really heavy rhythm section school. Um, it was, and I think it still is like very drummer, bass player, just rhythm section, like, and, and also like stylistically diverse. I think mm -hmm. that's my favorite part about being a, a drummer and a studio musician and, and, uh, you know, and, and a teacher as well is like being able to like come in here one day and record a singer songwriter thing. Right. And then come in the next day and do a Latin thing. And, and I knew that that school would be, I would just be immersed in all of it. Right. And, and like constantly like, you know, uh, just being molded and, and being prepared for the future. Cause right. That's the only thing there's that age old argument of like, Oh, do I go to music school? Um, and I ended up getting a scholarship there. And, and, and I think a big consideration is like, sure, you're going to spend a lot of money uh, to go to a school and there's the debt concern. Right. Yeah. But I wouldn't give back that experience in a million years. Uh, it was priceless. I mean, the amount that my playing changed, uh, and it's not a plug, man. It's like my playing from when I was a sophomore to like when I was a junior, just like you, you, you wouldn't recognize the playing and they were hard on me. Yeah. And it, it was like, if I wanted to keep the money, it was like every, like every couple of weeks, sit down in front. If you're not holding up, if you're not practicing and it's, they would take the money away. Right. Yeah. So you're being you're being held accountable, which accountability is a huge thing, especially when you're like, I'm going to school and then you're like, oh, I'm by myself. Like also exploring like being in Miami. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Of all places. Like I, I got hit a little bit in the beginning. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, oh, South Beach is 10 minutes away. Uh, like game over. I could sh I could shed or go to the beach with my friends. Yeah. Um, but they were really good about that. And, and, and the last thing I'll say about the school thing is it's all relationships, right? Mm -hmm. It's for me, there were so many influences of just peers, right? Cause you're every day you see somebody playing in person who, or who's practicing, like, what are you working on? What is this? You get with a piano player, you play duo, you get with a bass player. Right. You're just every day. It's like speeding up the process tenfold in terms of like your growth as a musician, your ears, you know, mm -hmm. a big part of it is, you know, like listening to so many people. You're just always around it. Yeah. Have you checked out the new Maximus snare drum from Mapex? Designed by Jeff Hamilton with a nod to the traditions of jazz greats, the Maximus has the sound and feel of a vintage drum built with modern precision and articulation. Made from a 6-inch deep 100% mahogany shell, it's outfitted with a special snare bed for the execution of the most dynamic playing. It's a choice for a warm, big sound with the ability to whisper in the most delicate small group settings. Tradition meets modern voice, the Maximus is a commanding instrument for all forms of playing. To check out the Maximus and the rest of the Black Panther Design Lab series, check out mapexdrums.com. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier with you being around your dad and all these other musicians. 
if you're you're at a university and you have all of these people who are around you who are constantly pushing you and constantly you know you're looking at everyone thinking they're better than you so you want to rise to the challenge and all that that's a it's a great environment as long as it doesn't get to the point where it's toxic but if you can stay in that positive mindset where everyone is helping everyone grow and a little competition doesn't hurt uh you know to to get better but i think that and whether you go to college or not i think it's a great thing to get around people that constantly push you you don't want to be the best drummer in the room or the best musician in the room or the best musician on the bandstand because you're just you're not going to get better mm-hmm. you know that's across the board yeah that's like for any athlete right i mean you play with people that are better than you right that's just you know it's to avoid you know no one wants to be complacent and no one appreciates that mm-hmm. and it doesn't get you anywhere i mean any any musician like you and i both know and like everyone you've interviewed no one has ever like i've got like i'm good <laughs> right right has anyone ever been like man this is like i've gotten as good as i could probably ever yeah get. i won i won the That's a good one yeah i won the yeah, uh, like, the game so i'm i'm done i maxed out yeah. like what do you know yeah we're just we're like constantly every day man like I'm 40 years old. I'm in here. If I am not recording for someone, I do the work that I need to do yeah. to pay the bills. And then I'm recording myself and listening to myself and being like, wow, that's terrible. Yeah. I need to fix this. Here I am on the grid every day, whether it's like my own thing or or someone else. I'm surrounded by it. That was the biggest thing for me was getting a place and learning how to like do the recording part. Yeah. Like I think these days, the technology thing, of course, for like the younger kids coming up it's like it's 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 there but like we're in that that like that weird space where like the internet was happening and now it's just like you know we don't have to have the same conversation everyone has with like instagram and imposter syndrome all that stuff like you're surrounded right you open your phone and i use instagram it's like it's it's inspiring for me Mm -hmm. right i find out about other drummers what people are working on but it, it could also be toxic at the same sure. time and like take you down roads that like are not going to help. Yeah. You know, yeah. if it helps you then use it, but if it's hurting you delete Instagram, turn that shit off. You will off. not miss Absolutely. anything. I promise you, you are not going to miss any, the world, your world will go on just delete. And I've, I've gotten a lot of messages from people that are like, it's hard for me to be on Instagram. I'm like, there's an easy solution for that. Get off of it delete it. Turn it off. Like you don't, it'll be there when you come back. Yeah. You don't need, you don't have to have Instagram. You don't have to have Facebook. You don't have to have Twitter. Like you don't have to have any social media, you know, like, and like you said, if it's inspiring, I think that's great. And I think that, that, you know, and, and, and I, you know, you got to weed out like the stuff that is just people, you know, like wanking and, and it's like, just not really doing anything for anyone. Right. You get rid of that. But then all the other stuff, like, I go see a Nate Smith video and I'm like, okay, let's go. Like, right. that's You're amazing. Pumped. You know, and I'm like, okay, now I want to, I want to shed. But if it was making me feel like shit and making me feel like I was, I was unworthy or, or, or that I was, you know, uh, any sort of, you know, if you're getting any negative connotation from that, then, then get off of it for sure. Pull the plug. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Uh, I want to talk about, the stuff that you have going on because you have so much stuff going on. You are, so you're, you're doing tracks at your house, right? Which is like, that's a whole other thing. It's like, you're a drummer and then, Oh, I have to now start this other business, which I've talked about on the podcast before. Like I have to start this mm-hmm. other business and learn how to be an engineer. And I have to figure all that, that kind of stuff out. So we, 
we kind of got the short end of the stick on that. Um, mm-hmm. And but so you're doing that. You have your studio set up, and then uh, you know when when the uh, COVID is gone, you know you're you're on the road and stuff like that. You're playing at Modern Drummer Festival. You did the the um, uh, Seth Meyers show, mm. right? Oh man, yeah. Like that was, and you got some other thing that you just told me about that I'm gonna let you talk about that here in a second. But like, talk, <laughs> run down some of the stuff that you have going on because I'm curious how I want to know how you cultivate all of this stuff, but then also how you manage all of this stuff as well. So, uh, it it, I, I it's crazy. I mean, uh, the internet is is I'm unbelievably uh, grateful for the opportunities that I've had um, this year, especially considering what we've all been dealing with. Right. 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 It hits hard for everyone. I don't care who you are, what you're doing. Even if you're not a musician, you're listening to this. It's like, it sucked and it sucks. It's still sucking. Right. So it like the only thing that, that I'm, that a lot of us are able to do and the positive mindset that I tried to take was, well, what I can absolutely do and what I was doing before is I love teaching. It's like what you talked about on the Elitch podcast. Like I love to play and I love to teach and I appreciate, and I like, I take pride in getting information to someone regardless of their ability or, or, or where they are as a player like that. That's satisfying to me, but I also like, I need to get out. And those are things that we weren't able to do, you know, starting in 2020. So I just put my focus into like, well, let me put my stuff out. I just went pushed on, on socials a little bit harder. And, uh, the, the Seth Meyers thing was, was super flattering. I mean, like Eric Lederman, who, who I'm sure, you know, is, uh, is, is a babe of a man. So handsome. Uh, (laughs) we we do, we, we do love you, Eric, and you are a beautiful man. Oh, he's he's such a great, uh, very handsome. We've got two beautiful boys. Uh, no, but, we 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 started like we started bonding over dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, his schnauzers. These like new schnauzers. Oh yeah. god, dude, they're ridiculous. So we were going back and forth with that, and I'd been been a fan of the drummer sit in, right. like all of us yeah. probably. Like was like hey, all of my heroes are doing this, and uh, we we're talking about dogs, and and one day, and I happened to comment on maybe through a message, like I was like, oh man, I can't, I can't remember who it was that was on because it started going virtual. Mm-hmm the obvious reasons it's like oh sounded so good like and i had a question about the process like oh how are you how are you all doing that like whatever it was and he's like man you all see like i've you know i've got you i've got you on a list of like folks that i want to get on and i was like sorry sorry what <laughs> you i got you like and i just thought that he was being nice like he's being nice to me right, right? he's like yeah like don't ask me right because like i'm gonna go we'll call you Checks in the oh mail. right 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 yeah yeah. And I, he's a, such a sweetheart. So I was like, okay, yeah, thank you. He's like, I'll reach out like pretty soon. And I was like, okay. Yeah. It's sort of like and if you do go the other way around, you're like, I'd love to come on to the show. And he just likes your comment. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, and he's is so generous and was like, no. And he, like maybe three months later, he's like, I'll, I'll reach out. And then he just sent me a message and was like, hey, are you ready? And I was like, uh, blah, 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 what does this mean? <laughs> right. And the virtual thing, like, I'm hoping to get back there, you know, sometime when 
everything settles and and get to do it in person and go to 30 rock and all that stuff but to be asked was was extremely humbling like the company obviously doesn't even need to be uh, everyone that's on there is is so great so it was an honor to be chosen it's it's very different like you know i think a big part sort of the realization i had whether it's this or like um the modern drummer thing that happened to happen was i made a decision a while ago to to learn the recording side of this, mm-hmm. right? How there's that side of like market yourself, be able to record yourself, video yourself. And the realization I had, and my wife sort of brought up to me, was like, you know, if you hadn't a real, if you hadn't really gotten into this and worked on this beforehand, these opportunities now wouldn't be possible for you. Yeah. Because in these situations, like that whole thing with, with, with Seth is, is like, you're doing your own stuff. Like you need to shoot it. They need the vet. It, like the angle needs and needs to look good. Like you can't put trash on TV. Like and 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 has to sound good. So you have to mix your own stuff. It's like it. it like you could. It, like that's a that's a skill set that is immediately rewarding. Yeah. And and it was it was a lot of work, but but one hundred percent worth it. And still crazy that uh, I was able to do that. I I think that the the lesson here though is you can't wait for the opportunity to come and then build what you need to build or build the skill set or something like that. And I think a lot of people have that mentality where they're like, you know, I talk about it, you know, like Benny Grab, right? And they're like, "Oh, if uh, yeah, of course if I was Benny Grab, I would practice, you know, 8 hours a day." And I'm like, "Does Benny Grab practice 12 hours a day?" because he's Benny Grab or is he Benny Grab because he practices 12 hours a day, right? So it's like, <laughs> so I think it's the same thing where like you can't sit around and be like, oh, I'll do that stuff when the opportunity comes. It's like, no, you got to build the thing first and then that's and then that's when the opportunity starts to come. Yeah, yes, for sure. And yeah. it might take a while and you may not see the fruits of your labor for a really long time and you got to be patient with it. That's the hard, dude, that's the hardest fucking part is the patience part. Like building, mm-hmm. you get it, like and building this podcast and like the the company that I built after that. And all, it's like, shit takes a long time and it's frustrating, man. And it's it's hard. Yeah. But if you can get through that. On your that, end too. Well, and on your end too. I mean, I just like, I, I you know, I listened, uh, uh, I've listened to this podcast for, you know, for, for a long time and there's a lot of information. There's a wealth of knowledge and uh it's crazy like i had gotten back and listened to oday's episode i was like man he's on 600 something episodes like <laughs> yeah that's a testament my friend like that is that's hard work and and but look at the people you've gotten to you know to speak with and you're getting to share that all this information for like to drummers everywhere and i think that that's that's incredible but it, it wasn't like you were just like well i'm just going to give up now you know it it's 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 an ongoing process for sure, and, you, and I think you just always have to be working. And whether you see the results right away or not, you just have to trust the process. Yep, I think. Yeah, and be you know be ready to adjust and and be ready, like you said, keep learning and and understand that you're you may just because you can't see the fruits of your labor right away doesn't mean that they're not. It's like going to the gym, right? You, like you go to the gym for a week, you're not going to be able to tell. And right. then, but if you go for a while and then all of a sudden, like, you're like, oh, my pants are too big on me. Right. And you're like, now I got to go in a belt loop. It's just like, it's just slow progress, man. It's just mm-hmm. someone that hasn't seen you in a while. is like, what? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
One foot in front of the other. And you never know. I mean, these all sound like we're just running through cliche sayings. But <laughs> right. you this is the cliche saying portion. Right. <laughs> this is where the basa comes yeah. in. Um, you never know who's watching you. Yeah. You literally never know. Like the fact that, you know, that, that he even knew who I was, uh, was like sort of crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, and it, which is like when the mon- when I got the email, like, and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but like, I know who, I know exactly who Billy is right. at Modern Drummer, right. right? And, and I got an email like randomly and it's like, it, it was great. It was like, the, the subject was like, Hey, it's Billy. And it had said like, you know, Billy A at Mon- and I was like, is this, I sure thought it was one of my friends fucking with me, right? Because that happens quite a lot. It's like a running joke. That's for another time. But then it's like, hey man, give me a call. And I was like, oh man, like, what could this be about? Right. Um, and like, again, was like, what? This is, I mean, I, I cannot thank him enough uh, for that opportunity. And, and, you know, as a kid, I used to wear those tapes out, man. Like. Those DVD, I, I mean, I wouldn't read the magazine, obviously. Yep. I think it goes without saying that it was extremely humble. And yeah, again, it was virtual. So like, would it have been amazing to to get to meet Steve Smith and, and like all these people yeah. that were, sure. But maybe like, maybe another year, maybe another time. And and Billy, again, it's just like, just talked on the phone. was like, holy shit, man. Like, the nicest dude. Yep, yep. Like, and it was like, I can't, I don't know why you're talking like why you're asking me but like you need me to do it tell me what to do yeah is he a long island guy too yes (laughs) like literally he and i had like our intro conversation with a thicker accent it was like oh you know oh yeah bobby you know (laughs) bobby's on the festival i was like oh the fuck out of here (laughs) the whole the whole time it was great you know Uh, it just comes it all everything comes back to long island yeah, we were talking with our hands. The phones were dropping. It was crazy. It was just like, how do we, dude? How do we? You don't know how many times my wife like grabs my hands and puts them down, and she's like, like especially if we're out, like if we're in a restaurant or you're something. Embarrassing me. No, she's right. like, you're gonna, you're gonna punch someone in their face or something. Or like, she's like, the waiter's coming by. Don't knock over the the tray of drinks or something. It happens. Yeah, there's like an area around you. There's like you need to be at least five feet from Rabini or you're gonna <laughs> yeah. get hit. What everyone just knows that. Yeah. Like we <laughs> I we go to it, like my my family most of my family lives in Italy, so we go a lot not so like I'll bring my buddies over with me, right? So there's like a group of guys that we typically go with. And the last time we were there a couple of years ago, my buddy Ryan is like, dude, you are a completely different person when you come over. He was like, You do things with your hands that I've never seen you do when you're in the United States. I'm like Next level. I'm like it's part I I'm like it's part of the language. I can't <laughs> It's the language and it's like, it's, there's like a, there's like an energy, man. When you get around other Italians, everything just like multiplies. <laughs> yeah. Like I start like walking real strange. Yeah. Like when I'm around my dad, it's just I like a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of. <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> what that means. Quote, please don't quote me on that. Dude. Like what? Here's a quote from this podcast. You start walking real You know strange. that there's like, going to be a graphic with you, just, <laughs> with you and it just says. <laughs> I started walking real strange. <laughs> That's it. No context. Oh, no nothing. Set myself yeah. right. Like, what was this about? Yeah. Uh, right. So anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that was surreal, man. Like, and getting to watch that, and it meant so much. Uh, God, there were so many good performances. Yeah. If anyone has not seen that, by the way, it's you sick. can watch it and own it for thirteen dollars. Yeah. It's the most. Some of the most inspiring, like 
and every all walks of life, like kids, like adults. Mm-hmm. It's like so great. And the fact that they did it amidst, you know, the world fuckery right now, like I think they did a great job and, um, you know, made the best of, of what we're dealing with, yeah. you know, with the, with the pandemic. And I was absolutely honored to be a part of it. And, and that was the other thing. He was like, well, you know, can you film something for us? Uh, and, and what ended up, we ended up using some of the, um, the Minel content, uh, thankfully, thanks to Chris, uh, at Minel for like releasing that. And cause it's just it's like, I could do something for you, but it won't look nearly as, 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 as nice right, as, right. as the stuff that, yeah. So, and he was like, okay, we're cool with that. And that's fine. And, and so, yeah. Nice. So tell me about your, uh, your new student. All right. The wildest so, thing I've ever heard. It's pretty crazy. Um, and so I have to sort of be careful with what I say, but, but the story is, I guess about two weeks ago, uh, and this is a perfect example of you never know who's watching. Um, and I still currently really don't know who's watching, but I got a message from, from an individual who said, hey, my name is so-and-so. I work for, uh, he's a personal trainer and he says, I, I work for a very, uh, high profile client overseas. Uh, I'm based in, uh, in London. And, and so I go visit this client and we train pretty hardcore and intense for, for a month. And then I sort of go back home, do my thing. And I show back up, you know, quarterly or so. Mm-hmm. Right. And we sort of like do intense training. Um, said client is a drummer and has been a drummer his entire life um and number one is that his like his anonymity is paramount so i can't really say who he is but um he's looking to do the same thing with his drumming and we basically scoured the internet for uh what's interesting is that he saw the modern drummer festival like here's a good example of like a door opening a door wow opening a door and he saw that festival and was like who uh who is this person um can we find them and see if if they're interested in doing something like this and so long and short of it he says do you want to come over here uh and i said well where is he like where are you what are you where are you talking about like you want me to come to england he's like no the client lives in egypt (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay. Like he, he lives in Cairo. And I was like, okay, wow. Okay. So I'm go- like, and you'd have to go there and it's, you know, like he takes care of his, uh, his employees. And so you basically go there and he, and I'm going there, I'm leaving on Monday and like top notch accommodations, very generous individual. And he and I are just going to get like, we've already had conversations about his technique. I mean, this is not someone that has a lot of money that is just looking to like say that he got someone to come across the country. Like in the beginning, I was like, this sounds like some bullshit. Right. You're trying to kidnap drummers. Like what, why are you going after me? Like, there's, like I, this is what I didn't understand. And, and he's dead serious. He's like, he's already got goals. He's got a list. Like we've been talking back and forth. He went and purchased all this gear. He's built a studio. Like it's, it's wild. So I leave on Monday and, uh, he and I are going to be working together like intense lessons for a month. Um, and if I don't come back, like I mentioned to you earlier, 
this might be the last thing that yeah <laughs> this message will self-destruct in 15 that's seconds. so wild um isn't that insane <clears throat> that's nuts i still it's still strange and I, there's of course a part of me like my parents are like oh you should go for it and then some people are like oh that sounds like a scam they'll probably like traffic you or like whoa like but overall like at this point i'm beyond excited of course to 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 go there and and to meet him and right. and i mean why like and, yeah. uh, you know they're like yeah uh, all right here's the plan we're going to traffic someone from the united states it's going to be a dr- <laughs> let's get a drummer because everyone hates drummers and, right, perfect. Right, and this is my this is my evil plan. I'm gonna get a guy in London to contact him. This plan is coming together nicely, right? Excellent. Yeah, like yeah, right. I, I mean, it, no it, offense, but I'm like, if someone's trying to do that, I think they got bigger fish to fry. You know what I mean? That's that was my reasoning. Was like, okay, if he's gone this far, and he like, I think I mentioned earlier, he like, he went and got like I had Minel, um by symbol company like he needed symbols and so we sent out a, a bunch of symbols that i'm going to be playing for the month and then we contacted pearl to try and get drums to send out there and and everyone's been so accommodating and yeah and and, and the coolest part nick of all is that because he's such a busy guy that basically he's encouraged me to use the studio whenever i need to to keep working with like, like, cause I do, I have tons of students right. all over the, all over the world. And he's like, please use my space for you. It's that, like, okay. That's or like, insane. I mean, it's so insane. I'm just like, okay. I mean, like what I'm for sure going to do because I have nothing. I mean, once I do the tourist thing, right. And get to do all that. I'm just going to be practicing, like working out, eating and like, and teaching. Right. Basically, right. you know, and we're going to set him up a studio. He's got mics and we're going to try and get the whole thing set up. But what a generous, like, and crazy, crazy situation. That is, for sure. And you know that I'm going to be hitting you on Instagram, like in 24 <laughs> hours to be like, I want pictures. And please, is this on? Are you dead? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, please tell me everything that's going on. Cause I'm so, I'm really interested <laughs> in it. I'm really interested. In it. That's amazing, but man. This, so crazy we're gonna stream the whole thing uh on twitch the whole entire month we'll just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i like it that's so cool no that is so so cool. strange but, yeah. uh i it, so i i guess like how how much can i mean you can learn a lot in a month but then i'm guessing what's the plan like if it works out well you go back in a couple months to sort of follow up on all the stuff that you went over yeah so assuming that we you know, we, we chat like once every couple of days and we have for the past couple of weeks about the things that he's work, looking to work on. Right. And I think, you know, he's he's an older guy. So I think he also like what I find with a lot of people that I that I teach, especially like overseas, is that there's always so, some sort of gap. So in particular, like the stuff that he plays, like he sent me sent me videos and he sounds good, but he, he doesn't have like his reading is very, very lacking. Right. Uh, and so. The thing about reading, and and I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but the thing about reading is like you don't necessarily have to read because people tell you to read. You have to read so that when we aren't together, the stuff that we're working on makes sense to you, right? Because if you can't read what I'm providing you to fix the problems, then you're wasting your time, right? And so 
the idea, I think, is that we work on his immediate goals, sort of assess where he's at. And then if it all works out, uh, you know, we, we pick up where we left off and I'll sort of like load him up for a couple of months. Right. And, you know, with technology, the way that it is, like with the students I have now, it, you know, we just send videos back and forth. Like, here's me working on this linear thing. And it's like, oh, that's not the thing at all. Like, whoa, whoa shit. <laughs> right. Like, right. And then like, whereas if you didn't have that ability, that person would be like barking up the wrong tree for like two weeks. Yeah. And you come back, you're like, check it out, dude. And you're like, that's cool. What is this? Yeah. What is that? We, is that one of our assignments? Um, and so you can sort of fix it, you know, fix the problem before it gets worse. And I think that's probably what the plan will be. Nice. As far I as- like the idea of everything being documented now, not just with this, but with that, you know, all students where you're like, you can just go back and, and reference this lesson. I don't have any of the lessons that I took on, on video, you know? So different. It's yes. totally different where you're like, Man, like I remember being practicing something and I would call and and be like, am I, you know, how did you do this thing again? Or or ask, ask him to explain something to me or something like that. But you have it on video. It's just so much easier. Yeah. You could just go back and reference it, you know, in between, in, in between sessions. It's the, the, the technology in general is just. Yeah. These kids don't know blowing. how good they have it. They, it makes you, yeah, it makes you feel old saying that get off my lawn. But, I, but with the resources and especially with, you know, you get in messages. Anytime I get a message from someone if it's on Instagram or, or wherever it is, that's like, this was inspiring. That makes my day. Yeah. Because I know that I use Instagram for the same reason, mm-hmm. right? I see somebody play something. I'm like, and I don't even, it doesn't even matter who it is. Like, I, like you don't have to be like, what bookmark, save it. Like, let me, <laughs> yeah use this. This is mine now. Yep. It's free. Right? I mean, like you said, if 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 it's going the other way and you're feeling bad, of course, just get rid of it, but like it's a huge source of of, of inspiration um for me at least. Yeah. And I hope for others. Yeah. What's your what's your hack for balancing all of this stuff? When you say you, when you get up in the morning, like are is there a way that you're you're strategically working through your day? I think a lot of times we as as drummers, musicians, don't necessarily have the best i don't want to say time management but but because that's a i don't whatever that's a term that we can that i don't really like but the idea of of prioritizing certain things and we're spending a lot of time on things that don't really move the needle and spending not enough time on the things that that do that do right um that's a great question i think it's different for everyone right like uh, if you have you know you have to spend being I think generally being self-employed uh, is it's it's an all-day thing, and you have to somehow you have to spend time with your family, you have to spend time with your wife and and your kids and your dog, whatever it is. But it's easy to just get wrapped up in your own shit. Like I try and be accessible, whether it's like someone like if it's a producer that needs something redone, or if it's a student that has a question. I like I open those doors and say, leave me a message here and I'll get to it. And I end up sometimes like it's 10 at night. I should be in bed, but I'm like responding like, no, that's supposed to be it's like it's late, like push it up to the click a little bit more. And my wife is like, what are you doing? <laughs> like you have it's hard to turn it off. Also, because I like I love what I do and I I like being available. And I would hope that if I was in the other, you know, on the other side of it, that that person would be for me. But yeah. 
maybe I bite off more than I can chew. But to, to answer your question, I just try and get a little bit done every day with everything that I can. Uh, but it's a struggle. I mean, it's, it's still a struggle yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Hard to balance it all and maintain a healthy life, you mm -hmm. know, exercise and, you know, all that stuff. Yep. That, I mean, that's, it's, I had just had this conversation yesterday that for the last couple of weeks, I've been working on this, um, this live show that I'm producing and it's like, it's sucking up a lot of my, like legitimately like 12, 14 hours of my day. And, but so like the first things that go are the good habits. So exercise, you know, eating right. So you're just like eating on the run, not, you know, you're like, Oh, I'll go, I'll exercise in the afternoon, but then your afternoon fills up and, and all that it never comes. So I'm like, you know what? I just got to get up earlier. Like if I want to, yeah. I, I want to exercise and I, and it's a priority or, or I want to have whatever, it doesn't have to be exercise, but you want to have these, these good habits, even if it's, Hey, I want to get up and just have some quiet time for a half hour before I get into my day or something. You know, that stuff all goes out the window if you're, if you're too busy, unless you, unless you make time for it. So if you had a dentist appointment or, or a doctor appointment early in the morning, you would get up and go to it. So you should schedule that stuff in for yourself. That's, that's my take anyway. 100 I, I scheduling is is the for me like my my phone is just literally everything and i'm not even necessarily a type a list person but it, it helps me like a reminder is to follow up with people constantly yeah. right because if i don't i will forget yeah. and and i don't want to be you know i want to be uh, hold myself to the standard that i hold everyone else yeah. to you know i mean, ideally i'm the same every calendar like everything is in the calendar schedule is i write everything down you know, and I think it, and I'm not a type, I'm definitely not that sort of like type A anal retentive, but like my schedule, it has to be like, it has to be iron. Everything has to be ironed out. I'm the same way. We are the same. Yeah. Yeah. Like every morning I'm looking at it like, okay. And if I like, if I have something like that, like a, a life thing, like, let me go get my teeth clean. It's like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Like there goes an hour of my I'm time. Also, it's your mouth, dude. But yeah. Like. You know what I mean? Like you, I know you feel me. It's like, oh God! All right. Yep, I'm this. I'm the same way. Yeah, like, and my <laughs> so and, and my calendar. And th so let me. I'm I'm saying this because I think it's important. I don't mean it. I don't mean it to be like I'm so busy. Uh, everything has to be in my calendar. I don't mean it like that. But for right. anyone out there, like if you're not if you're not using your calendar to your advantage, start. And it sounds so douchey, and it sounds but like. My 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 calendar runs my entire day. So mm -hmm. I think that if you have especially if you have a nine to five job or if you've kids or you've you know or you've other commitments and you need to make time for these things that are important to you, then put it on the calendar. Put your gym time on the calendar, put your practice time on the calendar, put your work time on the calendar. So Every if you're if you're married, if you're not married, if you have other, you know relationships or whatever it is, where you can say, look, here's what I, here's my schedule for tomorrow. I have this, this is, and it's like, hey, can you go to this thing? No, I can't. I have seven to eight thirty. I'm practicing, so I can't. I can't move that. Right. right. Sorry, I just yeah. I can go Thursday. Can't go Wednesday because right. I'm practicing, or I'm I have to go to the gym from nine to ten. So no, I can't do this thing or or whatever it is. And I think that the that that discipline and that structure will create freedom for you. Mm -hmm. And I, re and I was totally, I used to be totally against it. And now it's like, 
I, I can't live without it. Yeah. And there's peace of mind, man. There's something about waking up, at least for me. Uh, and of course, everyone's different. But when I wake up, I know when I go to bed the night before, I know what I'm getting into right away. Yeah. Uh, and that that it just helps me being productive. For me, being productive makes me feel good. Um, and maybe, you know, I need to see someone about that. But but <laughs> but it's I just, uh, you know, I like we're only here for a short period of time. Yep. And so like, let's, let's do as much as we possibly can, uh, you know, to, to better our craft or, you know, be a better human being, be a better drummer, be a better saxophone player, mm. whatever it is, Nick. <laughs> I'm going to get so, I know I'm going to get so much. Dude, hate you are getting the, all the saxophone. I know. Email. I don't, it's not oh. that I don't, I just. <laughs> it's too late, Nick. It's too All late. Right. <laughs> I love you, man. But All right, Nick. Probably, All right, Nick. Thanks uh, for coming. Bye. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you can find you can find Nick on his website or somewhere. Sax.com. Yeah, yeah. Nickysax.com. Nicky Sax. <laughs> what is this podcast about? Oh, oh man. man. Oh, that's your Long Island. That's your Long Island nickname. Uh, yeah, I knew we would hit it yeah. off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, dude, honestly, though, I, uh, I really do. I appreciate you coming on, man. I've been, I've been wanting to get this lined up for a while. We should have lined it up four years ago when we were at NAM, but uh, but I slacked on the scheduling, I think. So I'm so glad that it even I mean, like came across. It was so nice to get, you know, to get a message. I was like, oh, man, we haven't spoken in so long. Yeah. Um, I don't know even how it came on your mind, but I am appreciative. I was watching um, I was watching a video of you and I was like, why? I, I, I don't know why he's not. I haven't had him on the podcast. Oh, dude, well, I'm I'm very grateful and I appreciate it. And this was uh, a blast as as to be expected. Likewise, um, and I appreciate what you're doing, man. This is I got back into it again. I was like, I went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, like oh, check this one out. Got to check this one out. There's so many. I mean, like sometimes so many. And I'm and I'm just like I, I say it all the time, but like yeah, it's it was it's hard work putting these things together and everything. But like the real testament to this podcast is the drumming community on both sides so the people who are generous to come on the podcast and share their time and share their wisdom i'm just the conduit i'm just like i'm just connecting the dots and and letting people run uh but then but the listeners that just that are that keep coming back and keep listening like there's this podcast would be nothing without people like you spending your time and people you know out there listening to the podcast so thank you and thank the listeners like you know, 650 is, is a lot of episodes, but, but the fact that I got 650 drummers to come on here and share their, to share their secrets and to share their knowledge and their expertise, that speaks in volumes about, about the, uh, the drumming community as a whole, man. Wild. Yeah. Good for you, man. So, it, it is really appreciated. So thank likewise. you. Likewise. Where's the best place you want people to just follow you on the gram at Nikki bags? Yeah, I think, uh, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Instagram is uh, is at Nikki Bags with with two Z's, uh, and whoever has the one Z, I'm going I'm going after that guy. Um, and then uh, yeah, and then I'm on Facebook and or also just my website, just nickbaglio.com. Zero Z's, just Baglio. <laughs> Zero Z's. I didn't have to get the Z's for there that domain. Uh, yeah, just reach out and let's let's talk. Good deal, man. Well, thank you again. Safe travels. Uh, please come back in one piece. <laughs> and uh, and keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank you again. Thanks, Nick. Right, Appreciate brother. it. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks.
There you have it, the one, the only Nick, Nicky Bags, Baglio. You can check out the show notes by going to drummersresource.com forward slash session 649. And all the links to all of Nick's stuff is in there as well. And please leave a rating. Please leave a review if you haven't already. And I just got, actually just got a rating or a review about that there's no women on the podcast. So I was like, okay, they obviously didn't check because there are women on the podcast but i do want to have more women on the podcast one it's a numbers game so there the audience of this podcast is 97 percent male three percent female so there's not a lot of you know there's not a lot of female drummers out there comparatively speaking so uh there's a lot more men to choose from to come on here but that said i want more women on this podcast so if anyone has any recommendations please shoot me an email nick at drummersresource.com and i would love to get them on so uh you know as long as they meet the the credentials of of having a great career in in the drumming world so email me nick at drummersresource.com also leave a rating review you can do it on apple podcast takes about a minute other than that that's all i got so until the next podcast keep drumming thank you so much for listening and i'll be talking to you soon peace Drummer's Resource is produced by Revoice Media. Executive producer Nick Ruffini, that's me. Edited by Justin Thomas. Video editing by Tomas Shannon. And graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out revoicemedia.com.